Hey everyone, welcome back to the Law of One series, episode three. And in today's video, we're talking about the science of angels as described in the Law of One. Now, by the end of this video, you're gonna have a completely new understanding of what these beings we commonly refer to as angels actually are, where they come from, and how they come to be. Now, I was originally going to do a single video on both angels and demons, but the outline ended up being insanely long, so I decided to split it up into two separate videos so that we can cover each topic thoroughly and not skip over any fun details. So I get asked fairly often if I believe in angels and demons and spirit guides and evil spirits and things of that nature. What do these beings do and what are they all about? And I typically don't answer these questions because as you'll see from this episode, the answer is a lot more complicated than just a simple yes or no. But if you're someone who's interested in this kind of topic, then strap in your seatbelt because you're definitely gonna learn some shit that's gonna blow your mind. Now, if you haven't seen the first two episodes in this series yet, then I highly suggest you pause this video and go watch those first, specifically the seven densities of consciousness. Because if you don't have a solid understanding of what the densities are, then you're probably gonna have a really difficult time following this lesson. So for the sake of convenience, I'll put a little card up for you right here. You're welcome. So Ra explains that the third density is that of self-awareness and the choice, which is where every entity chooses which polarity they wish to serve, positive or negative. And these two polarities are not looked at as good and bad, but more like the two poles on a magnet or charges of an electron. Ra refers to them as the service to others path and the service to self path. Now, ultimately, both of these paths serve the self, but the difference is that the path of light serves the self through first serving others in love. And this fills the entity that is serving with more love, light, and spiritual harmony. And the negative path does the reverse. They serve the self at the cost of others through control and manipulation and domination. So you might be wondering, how does each entity choose between the positive and negative paths in the third density? And the answer is that it actually is set up to happen automatically. Each entity goes through this natural choosing process whether or not they are aware of it because the creator has set up third density so that every entity will receive an equal amount of positive and negative catalyst. And this process just continues to happen through all of your incarnational cycles until that entity begins to naturally gravitate towards one path or the other. According to Ra, the vast majority of beings in the universe gravitate towards the positive path because it is the path of unity and love and light, whereas the negative path is the path of chaos and struggle and darkness. And so just by its very nature, it is a much more difficult path to sustain. To put this in context, Ross says that in order to graduate to fourth density positive, an entity needs to be at least 51% or more positively oriented. But to graduate to fourth density negative, an entity needs to be at least 95% or more negatively oriented. So without a real blinding commitment to the negative polarity, the service to self path is just too difficult to sustain. So in other words, it's actually really difficult to become a demon. <laughs> And this is because of a concept called spiritual entropy. Any system that has a high amount of entropy or disorder is obviously gonna be a lot more difficult to sustain than a system that has low entropy or harmony. So although it is very rare, 
Ra actually does name a few historical figures that we know of who graduated to fourth density negative, but I'm gonna save that information for next week's video. So let's talk a little bit more about how each polarity gains in power and evolves up the densities. Ra explains that every entity is oriented somewhere on the spectrum of polarity between positive and negative. Each entity exists somewhere on this continuum and is working on acquiring more power by increasing their polarity. The positive path does this through the love and service to others, and the negative path does this by generating fear in others through control and manipulation. Polarization is much more difficult for the negative path because all polarity must essentially be taken by force. Positive entities gain in polarization by protecting free will and lose polarization when infringing upon free will. But entities on the negative path gain in polarity by infringing upon free will, and they lose polarity by honoring free will. This is how each polarity gains power. The more a polarity is strengthened, the greater the power that entity possesses. Ra explains that during the fourth density, the spiritual gravity of love becomes so great that entities slowly begin to join with one another to form a larger entity called a social memory complex. This was covered in detail in episode one, so all I'm gonna add here is that positive beings join with those whom they love the most, and slowly over time, each social memory complex becomes larger and more powerful as more entities choose to join the group consciousness. So what this means for you and I is that you never actually lose anyone that you love because at some point in the future, in all of our evolutionary journeys, we will begin to merge consciousness with those beings whom we love the most to form a singular entity where all of our memories and knowledge and wisdom is shared together. And eventually the entire planetary civilization of Earth and every positively oriented being from it will form a singular planetary entity similar to Ra. So in addition to the concept of spiritual gravity, Ra explains that entities will join into social memory complexes because at some point in our evolutionary process, our ability to gain in polarity by serving alone eventually sort of maxes out. And so by joining with other entities to form a larger and more powerful entity, this sort of opens up brand new possibilities to serve in greater capacities throughout the universe and therefore continue to polarize up the densities. And so some of these new opportunities that open up for social memory complexes would include becoming a guardian over a planetary system and quite often serving as teachers and guides to a lesser evolved planetary civilization such as Ra has done with us. And so with that being said, this brings me now to the connection with angels. What we call angels are actually higher density beings who inhabit light bodies. As the evolution through the fourth density progresses, which takes around 30 million years, the incarnational body gradually shifts from chemical to electromagnetic, or light. Ra says that incarnating into a light body begins around late fourth to early fifth density. This is also why all ancient scriptures that speak of encounters with angels always refer to them as beings of light. And likewise, what we call archangels in religious mythology, such as Michael and Gabriel, are actually social memory complexes who serve as guardians and council members over the solar system. Ra could also be considered an archangel in this regard. 
Angels are not unique servants of God as religion teaches, but they are actually beings just like you and I, who are simply much farther down their evolutionary path. Ra states that these angels also serve together in a type of group or bureaucracy, where they decide together how to best serve those in the solar system. Ra also gives a name to this group of angels and explains that it is a group of social memory complexes that Ra calls the Confederation of Planets. Now, this is not their actual name, it's just the verbiage that Ra uses to describe their function in our language. When asked to elaborate about the Confederation in session 6, Ra says, quote, I am one of the members of the Confederation of Planets in service of the Infinite Creator. There are approximately 53 civilizations comprising approximately 500 planetary consciousness complexes in this confederation. This confederation contains those from your own planet who have attained dimensions beyond your third. It contains planetary entities within your solar system, and it contains planetary entities from other galaxies. It is a true confederation in that its members are not alike, but are allied in service according to the law of one. So Ra goes on to explain that the confederation is led by nine archangels of fifth and sixth density. He refers to this group as the council and says that they are in constant telepathic communication with one another, regardless of where they are in the galaxy. And this is because all communication at higher densities is telepathic and nonverbal. And if the council of nine is uncertain on what actions or non-actions to take for any reason, then there's actually another group of 24 higher density beings, most likely of seventh density origin, whom they can contact, and Ra calls this group the Guardians. Ra says that in order to protect free will on our planet, the Confederation creates an energy barrier around planet Earth that Ra calls the Quarantine. This is to prevent any negative entities from coming here to control or enslave. Ra says that the Guardians also monitor the planets constantly, ensuring that any negative entities who would wish to come through the quarantine are met with love and light and quickly decide to retreat. When asked about the Guardians in Session 12, Ra says, quote, These Guardians sweep the reaches of your Earth's energy fields attempting to be aware of any entities approaching. An entity which is approaching is hailed in the name of the One Creator. Any entity thus hailed is bathed in love light and will of free will obey the quarantine due to the power of the Law of One. So Ra states that the weapon of choice for angels and archangels against the powers of darkness is love. In one session, Ra states that love is the most powerful magic in the universe. So in a very real way, the concept of guardian angels is actually true according to Ra. There are a group of higher density social memory complexes who serve the galaxy in order to protect free will wherever possible. Although angels are full of love, they are also full of deep spiritual wisdom. And so they do not interfere with the path of others unless it is seen as not infringing upon free will. And so this is an important misconception to clear up. Contrary to popular belief, angels do not stop tragic or challenging events from befalling us because those are always the events that define us and teach us the most. In the mind of angels, personal growth and evolution is always seen as a higher priority than that of temporary comfort. Religion commonly teaches that light and darkness are constantly waging war and trying to snuff one another out. But in truth, higher density beings have the understanding that the universe has already been designed to bring all of us what we need in order to evolve. We call this the Law of Attraction.
But angels understand that all beings ultimately serve to help the creator know itself. So if an entity is going to choose the negative path, then this decision is also allowed and not infringed upon. Angels are happy to come to your aid if you request them, but they will not give you answers. They only want to help you arrive at the right answers for yourself. If you read the Law of One, you'll see this happening quite often as Ra declines to answer many of the questions that he's asked if he believes that it might be an infringement upon free will. Ra says that angels mostly serve us from afar by sending love and light into the hearts of those beings who are in need of it, and this love and light will infuse them with the power to heal themselves. Another misconception to clear up is that angels and demons do not wage war against one another. Ra explains that the path of light is far more powerful than the path of darkness, and uses the example of a small match illuminating an entire dark room. So although negative entities are extremely crafty and psychically powerful compared to you and I, they are no match for anyone who is filled with love. In truth, if angels wished to, they could easily extinguish all negative entities in the universe. However, the nature of the positive path is love and the protection of free will. And so the positive path never engages in battle with the negative and instead allows them to be on the path that they have chosen. However, this doesn't mean that they don't prevent negative beings from infringing on others' free will whenever possible. The negative entities try to stay as far away from positive entities as they can in order to preserve their hard-earned polarity from being diminished. A run-in with a positive entity who sends love and light can be a huge loss to a negative entity who would end up losing a large amount of polarity and therefore power. So in summary, angels are actually beings just like us who have been where we are now and know exactly the kind of experiences that we are going through. So the guidance that they offer us is always in accordance with love and free will. And perhaps most importantly, it is the destiny of each and every one of us who choose the path of light to also become angels at some point in our soul's evolution. So in a very real sense, you could almost think of angels as us from the future. So I hope you found that interesting and learned a couple of new things. And in next week's video, we're talking about the negative path and the science of demons. So thanks for watching and I'll see you guys in next week's video.